Warren Sharp and his staff have ranked the offensive lines in the NFL. There's some good news for Colts fans in those rankings. We're going to talk about that. There's also a little bit of, eh, I'm not going to say bad news, but mediocre news with it. We're not going to sugarcoat, okay? But it's not bad news. There's good news. There's mediocre news. All right. I'm going to bring a little bit more clarity to the Jonathan Taylor franchising issue. All right. It's not that he's a bad person or a bad running back or that running backs don't win games every once in a while. We're going to talk about why it's important to franchise Jonathan Taylor, and it's got nothing to do with the quality of his play or his person. We're going to talk about Edron James, because Edron James is a guy I've held up as somebody that the Colts franchised in 2005 and then let walk out the door. How good was Edron James during the seven seasons he played here in Indianapolis? He was really good. That's how good he was. All right, we're also going to talk about Jim Jim Ursay. There's a piece at ESPN.com about Jim Ursay and the collection that he has put together, which if you haven't seen it, is awesome. You can't believe some of this stuff. All one-of-a-kind stuff. It's great. What was he offered for that collection? A lot. He's good at winning auctions, just not for free agents. And uh, we're going to talk about Pacers. They've got Summer League play tonight that's going to be on ESPN. And we're going to talk about something that is also on television at the same time. And while this game was played about 36 years ago, I think it might be more fun to watch than the Pacers taking on the Mavs in the ultimate uh, regular season Summer League game. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. For Bastille Day, Friday, July 14th, 2023, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Jared Johnson's the best at what he does. He's a plumber. That's what he does. He fixes pipes. He installs hot water heaters. He makes upgrades to your plumbing. All of it is stuff you should consider. Give him a call. Hello, 765-610-8809. Yes, that's the number. Call it if you need a plumber. Hit that subscribe button. Smash it. And the likes, you got to hit the like button. Our likes have gone through the roof since I've reminded you that it's just polite to hit the likes. Be polite. I try to be polite to you. Mm. Be polite back. And if you want to make a donation, it's an end of the week Friday. It's a donation Friday. You want to make a super thanks, make a super thanks. We'll answer your question. We'll go long if we have to to answer your question. I don't mind doing that on a Friday. Uh, Let's talk about the rankings of the Indianapolis Colts offensive line, the ranking put together by Warren Sharp and, and his band of geniuses. They are, and I'm not being facetious, they rank the Colts 18th. Now you say, Kent, that doesn't sound great. Aha! But in the AFC South, they are ranked number one. Now the bad news in this is that the Colts spent a lot of money on that offensive line to get it to be ranked 18th, but right behind them at 19, the Texans... And they spend even more. The Colts, to get the 18th ranked offensive line, they're going to spend, at least on the books right now, $53.4 million. That is that's seventh in the NFL as far as offensive line expense. Houston is spending $62.2 million. That's ranked third. And their offensive line is ranked 19th. The Jaguars' offensive line is ranked 28th. Their expense, 12th. $46.9 million, and the Titans dead last, 
bottom of the basement in the cellar of the NFL, 32nd, and they spend, so they're getting what they pay for. Their expense for the offensive line is 30th overall. They spend $24.4 million. So if that offensive line sucks, hey, they bought it. It's like going to Walmart and buying a carpet. You know, the carpet falls apart in six months. You go, well, it costs $38. What the hell did we expect? Of course it fell apart. That's what carpets from Walmart do. You want a good carpet? You talk to the carpet people. The, the expensive cards, sometimes you get what you pay for. What you don't want to do is overpay for crap. If you pay crap and get crap, that's what's expected. All right. Um, can Ryman, you know what, but that's, this is 2023. This is a different year from last year. And yes, Quentin Nelson was not good, really not good at the left guard position. And Ryan Kelly wasn't very good. And Will Fries, we don't want to, you know what, it's a Friday, it's a happy day. Maybe Will's going out to Shania Twain tomorrow. We don't want to ruin, we don't want to crap on his cornflakes. All right, he was who he was. Braden Smith was pretty good, and, and uh, uh, Bernard Ryman got really good toward the end of the season. If Kelly and Nelson can revert to form and become borderline pro bowlers, and, and in the case of Nelson, a first-team all-pro, you got something in this offensive line. If you can slide Smith one spot to the left at left guard and, ha- and get even reasonable play out of Freeland, at Blake Freeland at right tackle, oh, then you've got something. And then you've got a two-headed monster in the backfield with Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor, and you say, oh, who are they going to defend? you got to have a spy, at least one spy. And then a little bit of play action, and all of a sudden, you know, a little bit of RPO, and, and you got guys breaking open in single coverage. All of a sudden, Anthony Richardson doesn't need to do calculus up here. All he's got to be good at is basic math. And I think he can do that. I think between Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson, they can work to get that done. Four weeks from tomorrow, the first preseason game in Buffalo, that's a time to play in Buffalo. August in Buffalo. Is there a more beautiful spot on the planet than August, than Buffalo in the month of August? Yes, there are many. But Buffalo is never more beautiful than it is during the month of August. Uh, a little clarity on Jonathan Taylor. All right, Jonathan Taylor is a terrific guy. Really good guy. Fun to talk to. He is, he is a humble guy. He just likes being a running back. There's nothing wrong with that being a running back. It's fine. It's an excellent vocation. It's just that the running back position is not valued as other positions. So if a running back gets franchised this year, like Saquon Barkley, all you have to pay him is $10.09 million. Then in the second year, if they would choose to franchise Barkley again, that isn't going to go over well with Saquon, they pay him 120% of ten. dollars Point zero nine million dollars, or or one hundred and twenty percent of what the tag price is next year. That's it. Why pay somebody more than you have to? That's the question. It's not that you know what the running back position is no longer important in the NFL. It can be important. It can be really important. You're going to win games because you've got a running back who can pop one, and who's better at popping one than Jonathan Taylor? He's good. He's really good. 
But why are you going to pay somebody more than you got to? Why would you do that? The CBA was bargained. The union sat on one side of the table. The owners on the other. They came to this conclusion that the collective bar or that the franchise tag rule should do what it does. And so running backs don't benefit from it. That's not the Colts' fault. Take it up with the union, Jonathan Taylor. If you're butthurt about it, or Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor doesn't seem butthurt about it. He talked about it with the media a little bit during minicamp and and didn't seem real thrilled about the prospect of being franchised. But you know what? $10 million is $10 million. It's not an insult to accept $10 million a year as your salary. You give me $10 million, I promise you, I will never work another day in my life. I'm just going to enjoy the living hell out of that $10 million. I'm going to buy a place somewhere that's real nice, maybe two places. Maybe we summer in Michigan and we winter in Florida. How about that? Not a bad idea, and we'll keep the place here just for giggles. That's what we do with $10 million. We don't turn our nose up at $10 million. Oh, $10 million? Well, I fought $10 million bills. No, you don't. Stop it. Um, at any rate, Jonathan Taylor, really good person. Really good running back. Going to win games for the Colts if he's healthy. But you don't have to pay him next year more than $10 million. So why would you invest that money elsewhere? You have a hard cap, right? So use the hard cap to your advantage. Don't just fritter away money like they are this year. Matt Ryan, a salary of $12 million. (laughs) Sheesh. Okay. Great. Didn't do shit for you last year. And then this year, you're going to give him another big bunch of money. And Matt Ryan doesn't have the decency to say, you know what? I made a whole lot of money in my NFL career. I'm a little bit above getting paid for doing nothing. How about that? Um, you know what? And in uh, all this cold stuff that where we're talking about 412 and 1. That was last year. We need to put that in a rearview mirror and we will as soon as camp opens up because we'll be seeing new stuff. Until then, all we got is what's in our rearview mirror. That's all we got. We or we got a crystal ball. You know, we've got uh we've got the orb of wisdom right back there. We've got Ivan. Ivan the the predictor. He can tell you what's going to happen. Uh, Edron James was awesome. Edron James, in his seven years here, averaged during those seasons 312 carries a year. And this is, this is minus 15 games that he missed. So almost a complete season of those seven. He still averaged 312 carries, 1,318 yards, 9one uh, touchdowns per season and 51 receptions per season. So that's 363 touches per season in seven years. And that does not include those 15 games. That is a lot of work. And Edge was really good at it. And still, Bill Polian franchised him in 2005 and let him walk before the 2006 season. And that was in 2005 when the running backs were more important than they are today. Uh, Jim Ursay was offered $1.15 billion for his collection of -of one-of-a-kind rock and roll and cultural and historic artifacts, and it is a great collection. If you've never seen it, my God, it it, 
encompasses something from almost every generation of America. And rock and roll, you want to see some rock and roll artifacts that will like make your eyes spin right out your head? That's what this is. That collection is going to be in Boston and Jim Ursay, the Jim Ursay band with guys like Mike Mills and uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, and there are always others about, and Wilson, so forth. They're going to be in Boston coming up. And, you, and it's all free, and you get to look at all of this stuff. So while Jimmer say he's always late, always late, in Boston, don't show up early at all. Just, you know, get there at showtime and wander around and look at all of this stuff, all one-of-a-kind stuff. Your jaw will hang down on your chest, I promise you, but $1.15 billion. So he's been really successful in spending money to gather stuff that has appreciated tremendously in value. Why doesn't he do that with free agents? Jim Irsay is so good at winning auctions. Can't he delve a little bit into free agency and get somebody, no offense to Samson uh, Ekebaum, but can't we get somebody better than that? Can't we get a, a free agent where people on ESPN finally go, whoa, Colts are serious. They're doing business. No. Why? I don't understand. He's very, he has one skill set, Jim Irsay, that he has shown he has in spades, right? Winning auctions. And yet it's the one thing that the Colts don't even try to do. Come on. Um... For, uh, like I said, first preseason game four weeks from tomorrow in Buffalo. Pacers-Mavs tonight at 6.30 on ESPN. Not on N NBA TV. They've moved it. I don't know how they move these things or why, but they do. Um, if you want to know how much this thing means, this game tonight, Pacers-Cavs, fourth summer league game, watch Bill Murray's speech toward the end of the great movie Meatballs where he talks about what it means if they don't... They're Camp North Star. They're, they're doing something against another camp, Camp Mohawk. or It was Camp Kawaga for us at, at Camp Menominee. I'm wearing my Camp Menominee shirt. It was, it was... I think it was Camp Kawaga. Gets up and says, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And he goes on and on about how it doesn't matter, and he's right, and this game aligns perfectly. With Bill Murray's speech, it just doesn't matter. So, at 7 o'clock, instead of watching the Pacers and the Mavericks play an utterly meaningless game, you can watch IU beat Michigan back in 1987. This is one of my favorite games in Indiana regular season basketball history because of Bob Knight. <laughs> Bob Knight, man. So, Alford hits a shot at the end of this game. And Bob Knight, run, I've never seen him do that. Runs off the floor. He's got his fists in the air, pumping, and he runs off the floor to the locker room. Usually, he just kind of skulked and he steamed about those uh, those plays that IU didn't make as well as he would like, and all of that. And you know what? This time, he was just jubilant, and I, I think it had something to do with to do with the Michigan crowd and shoving it up their ass. And, and nobody enjoyed shoving it up uh, a, a road crowd's ass with the same glee as Bob Knight. And Indiana found a way to win games in odd ways that year. And the more they won those games, the more they won those games. 
or the more of those games they won, the more they won those games, right? Until finally Keith Smart hits a shot against Syracuse and Jim Beheim just kind of stares off into space for a minute while time ticks off the clock instead of calling timeout and figuring out a way to win the game, which was what Bob Knight was utterly the best in the history of college basketball at. We're here. We made it to the weekend. Good for you. Good for me. Now let's go have a great time. You know what the best part of the Ruoff Music Center lawn pass is? 200 bucks is all it costs. And I'm going to go to see Shania Twain tomorrow night. I'm going to sit in the lawn. I'm going to have a great time. I don't know anything about Shania Twain. I know that a couple of her songs. I would never go to this show if not for the lawn pass. But I'm looking forward to it. And then Fallout Boy on Sunday, I would be going to, and I'm looking forward to that. Hope to see you out there. If you do, if you see me wandering around, as I do at all of these shows, say hello. I enjoy that. It happens every time. Two, three people. Hey, I really enjoy it. Thanks for joining me. And remember, hit the like button. Look, 48 of you watching right now, 20 likes. That is unacceptable. Get with the program. Let's go. (laughs) 